0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in New York,
1: talking about a crime that may have ties to the Son of Sam. Then we'll discuss a twisted case of the antifreeze killer. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Empire State. New
0: York City is the ninth largest city in the world, with nearly 800 million people calling the Big Apple home. In the 1970s, the population was almost 8 million, significantly lower. That's largely in part to New York City being one of the darkest and most dangerous places at the time. The 80s weren't much better. Times Square was known for being shady, filled with criminals, prostitutes, and X-rated theaters. A far cry from TRL on MTV and the glitzy Sex in the City episodes. AIDS was on a steady rise, and the homicide rate in 1981 was 2,100 and 66. The homicide rate in 2021 was 488. It's during these uncertain times, when drugs and crime were rampant, that my case takes place. 20-year-old Elizabeth Platzman grew up in Long Island. She was born into a wealthy family, had a younger sister, and they went to Friends Academy in New York, which was very prestigious. She graduated in 1979 and enrolled in Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts, nearly four hours away from her hometown. She was on the honor roll, double major, a budding photographer, all the things. Mm -hmm. She met a boy over the summer, like one does, before her junior year through her cousin. His name was Ronald, and he was 20 years older than her. Wow. I mean, she likes a silver fox. I dig it. Wow. Oh. He was established, also a photographer, which she was all about, and she liked him a lot. He lived three hours away, but the two made it work over the next couple of months. Ronald oh. Sisman was a 39-year-old photographer who lived on a
1: third-floor apartment in New York City. So she was 19 Uh uh-huh. he was 39. Uh-huh. At least he's making a face. I'm not here to shame people. But- Please don't, because... No, no, no. 19 year old just, Ashley
0: would be real disappointed. No, no, no.
1: I'm not. T- <laughs> think about this guy. I just like telling your family. Oh, I'm dating a. Oh, my dad would have had a nervous breakdown. Or what? You know what I mean? Just saying, she's a teenager. She's I don't almost know. twenty. Lacey. Lacey does not like age gaps. I know. I like age <laughs> gaps when someone's not a teenager. Is that makes I, no, sense? I totally understand what you're saying. It's like. I'm not shaming anybody, but it's like there's something about teen. It's like just saying the word teen. I don't know. And he's almost 40. Yeah, I'm not judging people that do that. It's legal, but I'm just saying it's like. not her jam. So he lives in Chelsea to be exact. Ooh,
0: I he, only know that
1: through Project Runway. Oh,
0: Lord. So he operated two photography businesses out of his apartment. Fast forward, it's fall. And Ron invites her to come to his place on Halloween night to hang out, drink some wine, and take some pictures. He was too old for the college scene, and she likes this guy. They had spent, you know, time together, so mm-hmm. why would she not want to Netflix and chill with him? Elizabeth agrees and catches a ride with a fellow college student heading for New York City for a night of Halloween fun. She told them she was going to a family member's house and catching the train to her parents' house on Long Island the next morning. Elizabeth is dropped off at Ronald's apartment, and the two spend the evening drinking wine and hanging out. There's a knock on the door. They ignore it, thinking it's probably just trick-or-treaters. But the knocking gets louder and continues until it's becoming someone beating on the door. And there's no peephole. So Ronald goes to the door and opens it. What happens next is speculation, but the person or persons come inside and brutally beat (gasps) Ronald and Elizabeth making the other one watch oh my God. before shooting them both in the back of the head with a 25 caliber pistol execution style before they left and they're wearing those cheap plastic Halloween masks.
1: I'm so shocked because I thought it was gonna be he did something to her. I no. know.
0: So there's blood splattered all over the apartment. They have ransacked the entire place, even ripping into the furniture. It appeared that they were searching for something. So
1: this was Chelsea. In yes. Chelsea. Oh my yes.
0: gosh. They went through all of their personal belongings and took their IDs when they left. The next morning is Friday. It comes and goes. Her parents hear nothing from Elizabeth. Saturday morning comes, still nothing. Which is super unusual because she would have told her mom, like they talked every day, Mm -hmm. especially if plans had changed and she wasn't coming. So they call the school. They don't know anything. Later that evening, they get a phone call that every parent dreads. Their daughter had been murdered. And around 7.40 p.m. on Halloween night, one of Ronald's neighbors discovered their bodies. It was an extremely bloody scene. They were badly beaten. They had bruises all over their faces. The whole apartment was trashed. There was stuff all over the floor. Furniture was ripped open. Like I said, like they were searching for something. So if this were just a regular robbery, they would have just taken the shit that was out and left, but they didn't. There was no sign of forced entry, so maybe Ronald knew them. It was also Halloween, so people were more likely to answer the door when they. That's
1: so true. Normally, that really is so true.
0: There was a very small amount of cocaine found in the apartment. Not enough to make a shit, but they did find some drugs. So the police decided to look into the victims' lives. Nothing much on Elizabeth. She came from a good family, went to a good school, she was a good girl. Ronald had a little more dirt. He was a drug dealer. He dealt cocaine. And according to Elizabeth's boss, she knew all this and didn't care. She liked him, was very naive, and rumors began to swirl that this was drug-related. So they questioned everyone he was associated with regarding drug sales. But if they were looking for drugs, why would they have left any? Right. That seems unusual to me. So there was an actress that alleged that Ronald had drugged and attacked her the year before. She was raped at gunpoint before by this famous producer. And her and Ronald started hanging out a few months after this. And he claimed that on one of the nights that they were hanging out, she started freaking out. She had some narcotics in her purse, and so he grabbed one of them to give her to calm her down. Like, she was having a panic attack, and she had, like, some Xanax in her purse, and so he grabbed him and gave her one to calm her down. So she goes to the hospital and tells them that he drugged her, even though the prescription was hers. He was never charged with anything, but the media used this to drag him, and they also dragged Elizabeth. Rich white girl strung out on drugs and sex. <sighs> you know how they do. Yeah. They spun this whole drug-fueled pornographic photo shoot and called his apartment a sex lair. Which okay. was absolutely ridiculous well, because – calling it a
1: lair is ridiculous if it's just one person.
0: Well, and there's no – there was no evidence of any of this. Her yeah. family and friends came forward and denied this. There was no naked photos found. They found, like I said, a small amount of cocaine – They just, anything that they can, they love dirty laundry. So they're just trying to. So detectives think someone broke in wanting something specific from Ronald. And Elizabeth was just a casualty of war. Like she was just there. They were after him. So they had to kill her too. So the producer that I was talking about was a man named Roy Radin. He was insanely rich. Drugs, all the parties and debauchery, orgies, all the things. So, Melanie was the girl's name that claimed she was beaten and drugged after refusing to join in one of these orgies. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, by Ronald. Even though that wasn't proven and the police didn't have anything. They said that she made it all up. So, there was speculation That maybe she's the one that broke in or came, hired someone.
1: I was about to say. And
0: was looking for a video. Allegedly, this whole sexual assault was recorded because he was a photographer, a videographer. He was friends with this producer. So... There was speculation that she's the one who either hired someone and that's why the place was trashed is because she was looking for that video. Does that make sense? Yeah. At least he's making a face.
1: I'm wondering if she found it or if it was right. found. Or if it was found. Or if it existed.
0: Right. A jailhouse informant.
1: Oh, boy. Called and
0: told police that a few weeks earlier, David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam, the serial killer for- that claimed he was a part of a cult and that this was a whole devil worshiping shit situation. Mm-hmm. He said David told him about the murder before it even happened, like several weeks before it happened. He told him that this was going to be carried out by the satanic cult that he had been a part of. David told him that his last murder, Stacy Moskowitz had been filmed And the person recording it was a man named Ronald. So he supposedly had the tape somewhere and the two had to be murdered Mm -hmm. by the cult on Halloween because they had been part of this whole situation and the cult needed to get back the tape. The informant said he heard David talking to another person saying the cult he was a part of was going to perform a ritualistic killing at the photographer's New York apartment that they were going to beat him and then shoot him and then take the tape back. He also allegedly told this person that this photographer had photographic and video evidence of the murder and the cult was worried he was going to use this against them, like go public with it. Berkowitz gave a very accurate description of Ronald's apartment. All of Ronald's friends deny that this is ever happened like he wasn't a part of this but what would you tell your friends though sorry i can't come to karaoke i'm filming a ritualistic cult, killing by yeah. a cult he probably never told his friends he was doing that yeah so once he knew something was going on he probably freaked the fuck out and wanted to far away from as possible don't you think i mean i would yeah. was this cult ever confirmed Berkowitz claimed he was a part of this, but they just were like, No, you're crazy. It was it's just not all somebody a, a else, solo dude. it's okay. you doing this. Yeah, I didn't. So, Ronald had apparently been hired by this cult to film this murder. What? They lied to him about what was being filmed. It was a snuff film that they were going to sell. He went and began filming, and then realized there was someone actually being killed, he left, kept the tape, and hid it. So the cult wanted it back to ensure that it was, you know, never ended up mm-hmm. in the wrong hands. So in 1997, David Berkowitz was interviewed by journalist Maury Terry, and he told him there was another van at the time of this cult's ritual murder of Stacy. And the journalist asked him if Ronald was in the other van. And all David said was he knew he wanted to do some filming that night. So he was very vague. He never said his name. Mm. So we don't know if there was actually anything. Their IDs were taken that night, which is the MO of this cult. They take them to prove to the leader that they had actually committed the murder. Another rumor was that they were killed by a drug dealer, but there is no proof of this. Police couldn't find anything tying him to any drug addicts, and there was no drug charges pending against him. So, that's what police think, that it was definitely a drug deal gone wrong, even though there's no evidence of that. Wow. So, over 40 Halloweens have passed since this, and to this day... No one has been arrested for the charges. It's still an open case. I personally think it was 100% a
1: cult. But you know
0: I love all that shit.
1: Wasn't there a newer documentary out about something about the Son of Sam's cult? I it's didn't watch on, it, so yes, I don't know it's if on Netflix, true. and I haven't seen it either. But I'm going to. Because I know there's a I lot didn't of controversy watch, yeah. and some people being like, no, it never happened. Or right. And I've never even heard about it.
0: I didn't want to watch it until I finished this because I didn't want my shit to be swayed either way but yeah. it's in my queue to watch it but I think it was a cult I think they had him killed just like Manson had his people go after Sharon Tate and her guests that night I don't understand how men influence people so significantly I'll like agree. they do but it's, it happens it really does but there's no evidence to convict anybody yeah and anyways hmm. There's no eyewitnesses. There was nothing. So so there's so these people no were, proof. No proof. These people were murdered. Halloween. Could <sighs> it be tied to
1: Son of Sam? Did he have the video? Did they get it back? Well, that he described everything so well and said the name Ronald. Yes. That's, that's strange. Like knew, that's enough to be a strange the, coincidence. Knew the layout of the apartment. That's strange. You can't know the layout
0: of the apartment unless you've been there. I mean, mm-hmm. Unless it's just a lucky fucking
1: guess. I don't know. But it didn't benefit him anything.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it helped him.
1: Yeah. Why do you even talk about it in the first place? Just because. Right. Like they all do. Never mind. Why do I even ask that? They love talking. These people. Well, people like him.
0: So it's still
1: open. And that's scary. I'm going to have to watch that
0: now. She's just trying to Netflix and chill with her much older boyfriend. I can relate. (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) (laughs) But. You know, yeah, and then you just—that's awful. It's terrifying. You know how mad I'd be if I just like went to hang out with somebody and watch TV
1: just to be and in the play Kids face yeah. and then get
0: murdered because you're a dumbass. Ugh. No offense to Ronald's family, but she had nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah, but hell, Ronald
0: may not have had anything to do with it. You know, True. it's just yeah,
1: we don't know. We don't know for sure. People are nuts. Mm. New York
0: is crazy. No offense, New Yorkers. <sighs> We love you, New we York. We love you,
1: New York. Oh, boy. No, mm. What do
0: you got? Give us
1: something. Okay. Did
0: yours get solved?
1: Yes. It did get solved. I hate unsolved cases. I like unsolved cases because it gives, I don't know, hope. It's not as depressing to me, but let's take a break. Today, I'm going to take you to Weed Sport, New York. Weed Sport? Yeah. It's a small area in Cayuga County. It's not too far from Syracuse, so it's nowhere near New York, New York. (laughs) It has a population of just 1,815. At least it did in 2010 at the time of the census. It's about 30 minutes from Clay, New York, which is where some sources claim this story took place. First, let me tell you about Stacey Castor. She was born Stacy Ruth Daniels on January 24th, 1967, and she lived a seemingly normal life in Weedsport, New York. Her mother, Judy Eaton, said Stacy was very intelligent and she always wanted to be a paralegal or a lawyer. Well, Stacy was just 17 when she met her first husband, Michael Wallace, in 1985. So she gave up her dreams of law school. The couple grew very close really quickly, and they got married just a couple of years later. So she was probably around 19 or so when she got married. But to outsiders, their marriage looked like it was a good one. Don't they all? Right? Stacy's mom said that her daughter was as happy as she had ever been. By 1991, they had two children together. Two little girls, Ashley and Bree. After the birth of their children, the couple both worked full-time but still had financial troubles, which caused them to seemingly grow apart. That's a big stressor in marriages or finances, so that makes for sense. Some people
0: are like, I would never marry for money.
1: Yeah, it's a common reason why people divorce, honestly. It's
0: an added stressor.
1: Mm-hmm, for I sure. I feel
0: like I could grow to love you. <laughs> <laughs> I could grow. We can make things work. can figure this out
1: so they had stressors over that and it was rumored that they might be having separate affairs with other people like both of them well when the children were a little older in 1999 michael began to feel sick he would get violently ill randomly and he would have issues walking and couldn't stop coughing and he told doctors that he felt drunk but hadn't been drinking Ugh. Imagine that feeling, yeah.
0: That's a scary feeling. He just
1: felt sick, but hard to describe. Just, I feel drunk, but I'm not drunk.
0: I don't like to so, drunk.
1: Yeah, something was wrong, and he was advised to seek medical care, like, more specific, and unfortunately, he died before he was able to. Michael unexpectedly passed away in 2000 when he was just 38 years old. Oh, shit. Just unexpectedly, for no apparent reason. And to make matters worse, Ashley, his youngest daughter, was home with him when he passed. Oh, no. She was 11 years old at this oh, time. Oh, my God. Can, I cannot even imagine That's that. Traumatizing. That's traumatizing. for an 11-year-old. There's no way. That's
0: traumatizing
1: for a 30-year-old. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so it was ruled as a heart attack, and Michael's sister requested an autopsy, but one was not completed- it's it's you know the spouse gets the say in this, especially since it's nothing to the police seems suspicious. Gotcha, and the no case was opened, it was just ruled heart attack. So Stacy collected his fifty five thousand life insurance policy, which isn't much th- much in the grand scheme of things, and by the next year she met her second husband, David Castor. David was known as being reliable and very work driven. Stacey said that David was support, strength, and security to her. That sounds nice. But by 2005, bad luck seemed to strike Stacey yet again. Stacey called police in August of 2005 to say that David had locked himself in their bedroom after an argument, and she was worried that he might have taken his own life or that maybe he needed emergency help. So when the police arrived at the home, David was found on the floor next to a cup of green liquid Mm-mm. and a bottle of antifreeze. Yeah. Mm-mm. His death was quickly ruled a suicide, which surprises me because is that sure that's possible, anything's possible, but that's not a common way people do it is by drinking antifreeze. At least I don't think so, but no. But they found Stacy's fingerprints on the glass, so they, they opened up an investigation, and David's ex-wife also said he had suffered with depression after the death of his father, but he would never kill himself. During the investigation, they found a used turkey baster in the trash, which had David's DNA on the tip. So... As though he had been doing this using a turkey baster. To, to put get himself, down his throat? Yeah, exactly. Why would he do that? No. The investigators were, of course, on to Stacy at this point, but they didn't have enough evidence. They decided to do some surveillance to see if maybe she visited David's or Michael, her first husband's grave. Unsurprisingly, or maybe not, she didn't, which I don't know why she would have at that point visited Michael's grave. I don't know. Maybe it was just a hunch.
0: I mean, do you do you visit graves? I I don't.
1: Obviously, I've never killed anyone, so I don't think I would do that, but in general, I I don't do that often. I mean, I do it every now and then. It's not something I commonly do. So, what I, that's so what I'm bringing why up is like would that be I don't know why they would think she would. Right. I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange like they were yeah. looking at the cemetery as though she was going to show up and do what? Exactly. I don't know. They decided they needed to exhume the body of Michael and perform a tox screening, because the guy that died of heart mm-hmm. attack, and it was determined that he also died of antifreeze poisoning.
0: That fascinates me that they can
1: mm, that do a tox screening. I, I
0: agree because if you're embalmed, I guess it would be in your tissues, maybe still.
1: That's a good question. I'll need to look into that. I didn't think that far into it. That's true. Well, I don't it's know not how to they- be in your blood. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point, but they ruled his cause of death then as an antifreeze poisoning. And Detective Spinelli brought Stacy in for questioning about her most recent husband, David. He asked her, "Do you remember which glass it was that you poured the cranberry juice in?" Because she was like telling them, mm-hmm. "You know, I gave him some juice," right. and and she said, "Well, when I poured the antifree." I mean the cranberry juice. Oh shit! She abruptly stopped the interview. So they're basically like, "Do you remember what?" Yeah, she stopped. She knew she blew it. She screwed up. Yeah, she, she said she's it. She's done. So she stopped speaking in, at that point. So at this point, she started worrying that she was going to be blamed for the deaths of both of her husbands. Wonder why? So she knows she made a mistake. So in efforts to place the focus on someone else. You're never going to believe this. She came up with a plan to frame her own daughter, Ashley. No, the her 11-year-old. Own, yeah. Well, time had passed as she is yeah. a teenager now. But, but yeah, still. Yeah. Well, at this – yeah. So, on the day investigators showed up to Ashley's college to let her know that her father had been killed by antifreeze poisoning, Stacy invited Ashley, her daughter, over to have some drinks since they both had a rough day. <gasps> yeah. Stop. And she didn't even want to drink at first. She was coaxing her into it, which is a bizarre thing for a mom to do. You know what I mean? Oh, I hate this. According to Ashley, she drank, fell asleep, and woke up hungover the next morning. Like, super hungover. The next day, Stacy invited Ashley over again just to have a fun get-together and relax. So Ashley said she was given a nasty-tasting drink and didn't want it. But her mother insisted, and eventually she gave in and drank the cocktail.
0: I mean, you're not going to get me to drink a funky cocktail. But it's
1: your mom, you know? I like, like, tell my mom, kiss my whole
0: ass. I'm not drinking this. I know. Like, but
1: I, if it tastes Lacey bad. Would.
0: Lacey would drink it if her well, mom gave it to her. I would
1: not. No, if it tasted bad, I wouldn't. But I'm just saying, I don't no. know. I'd be like, kitty, uh-uh. She's probably like saying, oh, it's just strong. Or you know or, what I mean? You're just not
0: used to drink. It's, it's a different, gin or, gin. It's yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You'll get used to it. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Like Lacey does when she makes me shitty drinks. Exactly. Her. And you drink. She said, <laughs> you drink. I do drink them. Oh, my God. I take back everything I just said.
1: <laughs> but 17 hours later, after she had this drink, her younger sister, Brie found her unconscious in her bed. Next to her was a presumed suicide note where she admitted to murdering both Michael and David. Oh. Remember, she would have been 11 years old when her dad died. Poisoning Uh. him, forcing a grown-ass man when you're an 11-year-old girl to drink. No. Sorry. No. Stacy was very adamant that the EMTs take the suicide note she wrote, and she wanted to make sure everyone there knew her daughter was admitting her guilt. How about you be freaking out about your daughter? Uh -uh. So Ashley was rushed to the hospital because guess what? She was still hanging on to life. Thank God. A slew of potentially deadly painkillers were found in her system. So it wasn't even antivreeze. Right. She'd been drugged with something else. So she woke up and said all she remembered, her mom gave her this nasty drink and she when she can't remember anything else that's it so finally police felt they had enough evidence to arrest stacy for the murders of michael and david and now the murder of her the attempted, attempted murder, murder of her own daughter ashley the prosecutors were able to put together that stacy had murdered both husbands in order to collect their life insurance money which i don't know what she got on the second one but i'm like $55,000 that's not that much money to murder someone no. i mean jeez And when she was close to getting caught, she tried to kill Ashley to make it look like Ashley was guilty of the murders. And the prosecutors were able to prove that the suicide note, quote unquote, was typed up on the family computer when she was at school, when Ashley was at school. And it was impossible she wrote the note herself. Detectives also took note that antifreeze was written in the suicide letter as antifree. F R E E. So she misspelled it. She misspelled it. And remember during her interview when they said, so when you pour him the drink, and she said, I poured the antifree. So she thought the word was antifree. Antifree. Not antifreeze. Oh, my God. So she said it wrong and she wrote it wrong. And that might be a common mistake. But in this situation, I don't know. Finally, on February 5th, 2009, Stacey Castor was found guilty of second-degree murder. In the death of her second husband, David Castor, an attempted second-degree murder for overdosing her daughter, Ashley, she was not charged with anything for the death of Michael Wallace. The judge sentenced her to 25 years to life for the murder of David and only another 25 years for the attempted murder of Ashley. This was the maximum sentence for her conviction. He also sentenced her to an additional... He also sentenced her to an additional one to four years in prison for forging David's will, which left his inheritance to her, not his son. So she made his will out to be all direct. Right. Horrible. After four long weeks of the trial, Ashley spoke of her experience and how she felt about her mom. She said, quote, I never knew what hate was until now. Even though I do hate her, I still love her at the same time. That bothers me. It's so confusing. How can you hate someone and love them at the same time? I just wish she would say sorry for everything she did, including all of the lies. As horrible as it makes me feel, this is goodbye, Mom. As hard as you tried, I survived, and I will survive because now I'm surrounded by people that love me. I'm going to do good things in this world despite making me, in every sense of the word, an orphan.
0: That's heartbreaking. It really is.
1: So, Stacy spoke with news sources, such as ABC, in 2009, and she showed no remorse at all for what she had done, and she never admitted her guilt. What a piece of shit. Yeah. As of that time, both Ashley and Bree said that she had never apologized to them for anything ever, anything she'd ever done. There's more to this story. On an episode of Forensic Files titled Freeze Framed- I knew
0: I knew this case. Exactly.
1: They mentioned Stacy's father named Jerry Daniels. So Jerry passed away in February of 2002, shortly after becoming ill. He was in the hospital with a minor lung complaint, and just after he drank a can of soda given to him by Stacy, he died. And apparently, her first husband, Michael, had claimed that she murdered her father in order to inherit his estate. On June 11th, 2016, Stacy was found dead in her cell of an apparent heart attack. She's now known as the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I'll link up that episode in the show, but Chelsea Waddle from Crackers and Milk helped me with my case notes today. Thank you so much. I've had a week, so I needed help. I'll link her site and Instagram up in the show notes. She has super cute true crime shirts too. Quotes like, um, French fries and forensic files would oh, be a fine. good one for this. Yeah. Most of the info is from Oxygen, ABC News, Murderpedia, All That's Interesting, Wikipedia, and Forensic Files. And that is season 14, episode seven.
0: I cannot believe she tried to kill her own child and frame that's her for murder. That's
1: ruthless to me. What just to get in? It's horrible.
0: Mm-mm. It's horrifying.
1: Just shows me she has no compassion. None whatsoever. So, segueing, we have some new patrons. Give it to me. I will. And oh, I've updated the map. I, love I need a to a new send patron. an Instagram post on that. So, we have Steve S. from Ohio.
0: <gasps> is he our first Ohioan?
1: First Ohio? We have 2 I'm looking, <laughs> this map is Lacey, so bad.
0: Lacey made us drinks, and I'm a, I'm a little liddy. <laughs>
1: We have two Ohio, Ohioans, Ohioans. Sure. But anyway, Steve. Yeah. Thank you. Steve chats with us a lot on Instagram regarding the cases and such. Thanks for joining the Patreon fam. We hope we don't disappoint. I hope I don't disappoint. (laughs) You would never. You would never. And we have Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thank you. I'm not sure where she's from. I sent her a message. We'll reveal that later if she wants us to. Thank you, Andrea. We have Jessica S. from West Virginia. Cool. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. We have a few of them now, and awesome. interestingly enough, they're all from the same area of West Virginia. I wonder if they know each other. Surely, surely they know. Maybe they don't. And Lynn O from Texas. <gasps> thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you all. That that's yeah, an thanks, guys. That's an awesome. We really brunch. do appreciate it. Yes, we do. We
0: Really, really do.
1: We do, and yeah, we cover a lot of states this time. We really have the. Um, eastern half of the u.s covered and then there's just a big gap we'll have to post a picture of this because it's kind of funny it's, it's like very damn funny. i know not a lot of people live in wyoming and and idaho <laughs> and, know, and still you know montana you know so let's see oh and so carrie bought us a cocktail <gasps> she said to have a spooky cocktail to kick off the spooky season on her and guess what we did
0: Yes, Lacey did it.
1: So thank you, Carrie. In honor of you, I made our first batch of spooky cocktails for the season. It was a little random. I called it a hocus pocus.
0: It was good.
1: It had blue curacao.
0: Lacey did not make a video this week because
1: I didn't. She's had it's all been a the week going I, on.
0: Maybe she I made make the a, drinks. Make a video.
1: Later. Maybe in yeah. It wasn't that impressive. It was pretty simple. It was uh, vodka, Rocktown vodka, blue curacao, diet sprite, and. Is that it,
0: girl? Lemon juice, lemon juice. It was good.
1: Yeah, and you can use Empress gin too if you want. I knew you didn't like gin, so I'm like, okay. I put some food coloring in vodka and called it a day. Yeah, I'm like, she doesn't like gin. We're gonna this to make our own Empress here. It was good. Plugging this in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at United States of Murder and on Facebook and Twitter at US of M podcast. And if you like us. Leave a review on Apple or Spotify. It really helps us out and it's free And before you go, what do you got? There is a show
0: I saw oh, tell a commercial me. of. I haven't watched it yet. It's on Lifetime. Lacey made a face. I know. I did. I, I, I know. made the face same. like mm, same, same. It's called, I don't even know if I get <laughs> Lifetime. It's all about frogging. Are you serious? Yeah, my eyes just
1: lit yes, up. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. <gasps> is it I real? don't know
0: why it's not
1: um, Is it a documentary or is it like a show? show? It Yeah. Um hang on. That's interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. It is called Frogging. PH? Hider. Yes. PH.
0: Hider in my house.
1: <gasps> yeah. It's a ten part series. You still need to watch that Docu- or not documentary movie on Amazon Prime with Helen Hunt. I forgot the name, What's of, the it name of it now. The frogging one. I, now oh, you shoot. see me or something? Well, this is on. This is a ten part series
0: on Damn. Lifetime. It's got ten episodes about froggers. Not like a frog, like when you punch somebody with your fist.
1: But yeah, the ones it's that called, stay in your house. Sorry, the film's called ICU, and it has I Helen I Hunt do. in it. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I liked it though.
0: Also, you need to check out this show all about frogging since you covered that case where that person hid an so attic. That's so
1: interesting to me. I know. And I'm I think about too. that all the time. So
0: fucking creepy. Because
1: in the bathroom upstairs, there's a tiny little crawl space. I've never looked up there. And then <gasps> we have another one somewhere else. Oh, in our bedroom that I've never looked up in what? before. Yeah, two crawl spaces. No. Because I'm, it's a to-do to go get the ladder. No, and- I can't
0: have an un- scene space in my home now mm. if you're a frogger in my house you're gonna be real hungry because i don't have any food at
1: home <laughs> these days i don't either
0: just don't drink my diet cokes or my vodka and we'll be good don't don't eat max's easy mac either i, was, I was because guess easy
1: mac that's funny you that's said that. we
0: live on that barbecue chips diet coke Love that Gatorades. I mean, we're basically two fraternity brothers. We just
1: we're <laughs> the same. We have a fridge full of beverages, and yes. that's all we care about: yes. beverages and cheese. Yeah, we'll and eat yogurt. it. We'll eat out.
0: We'll it's get it. together. Like, I don't on have the
1: way time. Home. We're
0: too busy. We have all the sports and all the
1: things. So. I, I watched so many bad movies this past week, and I don't even remember what they're called. You've had a week. It's been so many bad shows. I need good scary movies. I feel like I've watched them all—the good ones, you know. You ever feel that way? Like nothing Every day, is good anymore? I
0: binge everything. So if you ever <sighs> tell me something, I'm going to watch it immediately.
1: I finished The Sinner, season three, finally. Well, now you have
0: the uh, it was, the Son of Sam thing to watch. So yeah. wrap
1: that. In. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will. That's a good. I'll have to link that up just in case y'all want to see it, too. Where are we next week? Wisconsin. Wisconsin and we're getting
0: Kringle's
1: cakes. Elk, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that we can get them in time.
0: Lacey's i'm gonna up. go
1: to trader joe's look i'm not ordering them online
0: she's like i'm not ordering them and worrying about them getting here from wisconsin we're gonna get them from trader joe's it's the same thing it is. she ship said they get
1: them. they do ship them from racine oh gosh i've already forgotten how to pronounce it racine wisconsin they're legit they're kringles never had one and they're good our, one of our listeners suggested it to us so. you're not a big fan of sweets but I, but I mean, I'll. You don't drink coffee either, do you? Oh, no, fuck no. That is so. No. When people don't like coffee, I'm like so coffee. perplexed by that. I'm like.
0: No. I'd rather have a daughter in a whorehouse than drink a cup of coffee. Absolutely not. No.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, that's a good southern thing. It, well, you're welcome. Well, what else we got? <laughs> no Patreon. It will be out next week. We're recording our patrons soon. It'll be out on the 15th. It'll be out for all you patrons. And it's a spooky episode. It's. Gonna be fun, Derek. It's a fun
0: spooky all about folklore and Boogeyman, and I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. all the scary shit my sweet grandma grandma used to tell me. And then fun fact, I thought she made all these stories up. And I found that they were actual. That's
1: super interesting.
0: Folklore stories from like dating back to like the 1500s that my sweet grandma was passed though. down to Your her. Sweet grand. And then she told all of us grandkids and we were like, this one was crazy. But no, they're real stories. So. That
1: is pretty interesting. Join, and join Patreon yeah, to hear all about that. Yeah. You can go to patreon.com slash United States of Murder and I'll have to, we have a, private special whatever you want to call it Facebook group for uh-huh. patrons and they've been joining as they join Patreon Perfect. which is awesome we need more interaction interaction in there and that's we'll have to post that like what's a folklore thing you were told when you were or an old wives tell yeah because we were tales laughing are, about that oh yeah for sure like we were joking that we both of our families said if you sleep on your back you'll have a nightmare and I still will not I always think of that
0: I mean I'm I may be on my back for a minute but I'm not <laughs> I'm going to turn over. You're going to flip. I'm going
1: to flip. Road, pivot, pivot. Pivot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tell us what wives tales you've heard. Other than, like, there's so many pregnancy ones. Sure. Like all, yeah, all yeah. those things. But anyway. And next week we're in Wisconsin. Yeah. and Eating a Kringle. Eating a Kringle. We hope you like the Wacky Wednesday. That's a new light, fun thing we're adding each Wednesday. Give you some midweek giggles, hopefully. Hopefully. Or just What? Yeah, I Question mean, mark. You know. All right. Bye. Anyways,
0: bye.